0: From Vintage City Church in Fort Collins, Colorado, it's the Vintage Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Greg Sanders. Take us into 1 Corinthians 15 for a few moments this morning. I'm going to truncate the teaching a little bit because of time. I'm going to read it to you and just let you listen to it. Now let me remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then and you still do now, for your faith is built on this wonderful message. And it is this good news that saves you if you firmly believe it. Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. Paul makes a statement here that is important for us. That I want to remind you of the good news I preached to you before. We sang about it this morning, I, I am chosen, not forsaken, I am who you say I am. And Paul's reminder to this young Corinthian church, he's been teaching them what it looks like to gather, what it looks like to flow in the Spirit, but he says, I want to bring you back to the basics, I want to remind you of the good news, which is, you have been reconciled to God, you're, now, you're no longer held accountable for your sin, Jesus took care of it. But what Paul says in this is, why would somebody remind them of something? Well, because they forgot. And how did he know they had forgotten? He knew they had forgotten based on the way they were living. They had been writing him letters, telling him things that were going on in their culture, and he's analyzing these letters, and he's analyzing their culture, and he's saying to them, There are some things going on that I can see and sense that help tell me that you've forgotten the good news, which is you're a child of God, and your life is no longer bound to sin, and you have been emancipated and freed, and the Father has plans and destiny for you, and you seem to have forgotten that. So let me remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news. And he says you welcomed it before. And it is this good news that saves you if you firmly believe it. This phrase, if you firmly believe it, is a a very, very important phrase. It's a nautical term, if you firmly believe it. The term deals with the holding of a mast, a wheel, a rudder, whatever it is that controls the trajectory of said ship. The nautical picture is in the midst of a storm. This is what the word means. It literally means in the midst of a storm to be able to hold steady the direction of the vessel. And so Paul says, I want to remind you of something. This good news has the ability to transform your life if you hold fast to it. And then the next passage he goes into he begins to unwrap what, he th- what I think is going on with them. He says, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. He talks about the presence of doubt in them. And I know some of you, like me, doubt once in a while. But Paul says, look, there's a remedy for doubt when it settles into our life. We don't have to freak out about it, but there is a remedy. I would say it this way. There's a cause and effect that Paul's presenting. He says, in fact, I passed on to you what was the most important. Important and what had been passed on to me, that Christ died for our sins. And then he says this phrase, it's so vital, just as the scriptures said. Why is that so vital, Greg? Because what Paul begins to reveal to them, he begins to remind them of the scriptures. He says, in the presence of your doubt, and we could put it together this way, they had quit holding on to the scriptures, therefore they were no longer holding fast to their faith. And so he reminds them once again what the scriptures say in an effort to draw them back to the scriptures. And I have a question for us this morning that I think in our day and in our time needs to be asked. Are we going to be a people that are willing to give the scriptures authority in our life? You say, Greg, what does that mean to give the scriptures authority in your life? How many have ever committed to a workout plan? You gave it authority over your life. You showed up and did what it said to do. How many have ever committed to a diet? How many are committed to the donuts whenever I want them diet? (laughs) You see, to give something authority in your life simply means you come under its government And it controls how you live. And see, Paul's statement to this Corinthian church in 15 is I need to remind you of the good news. The good news is you are a child of God. Can I remind you that the good news, the emancipation of the kingdom, the beauty of our identity also comes with a responsibility. I'm a child of God. I exchanged my life for his. Which means, I am now who you say I am. We could take it from the Galatians 2.20 point of view. I'm crucified with Christ, yet I'm still alive. But this life I live now, I no longer live to do what I want. I now live to do whatever God has said. And there's an amazing parallel here that has to be talked about. All through our life, for the rest of our days as believers, there's going to be a juxtaposition of what I want and what he says. And the decision that determines whether or not He's in control of my life is whether or not I will submit to the Scriptures. You see, because I'm not my own. I was bought with a price. And the call of God to His people is, now take your life and glorify me with it. How do I glorify Him with it? I submit to the authority of the Scriptures. It's not a very popular concept in our culture giving yourself to the authority of the scriptures. So Paul will go on through here and talk about all the different eyewitness accounts and he's basically re- confirming for them, look, Jesus is who he said he was. But the part that jumps out to me the most is he, two times he will say just as the scriptures said. And he highlights this simple lack in them and I want to challenge us Because I wonder if it's a lack in us in our day and in our time. Can I give you four simple points that will lead us into a place where the Scriptures have authority in our life? Number one, spend time in them. It should not be difficult to say to a believer, every day you need to spend time in the Scriptures studying who he is, getting to know what his word says. Oh, it seems like rules. It's not rules. It's a guideline. David will say it this way. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path in Psalm 119. In other words, your word has a supernatural ability to shine a light on how I should live. I would say it this way. Belief Is rooted in investigation and discipline. A lot of people will say, I believe in Jesus. My answer is when you begin to study and allow the scriptures to shape how you live, then you believe in Jesus. Jesus says, If you love me, you will live out what I have said, you'll keep my commandments. For me, this is a line in the sand moment in our culture. There's a hunger to be a people of God that experience the presence and the fullness of God. I'm in 100%. But I believe a culture that is hungry for the voice of God and not built upon the word of God is dangerous. We have to hold these two tensions together. And so I'm challenging us and encouraging us to re-up the commitment to be people of the word because what I see happening with this Corinthian church is that there was doubt that had crept in. And here's what I would say to you this way. It is an inevitable reality if you don't build your life on the scriptures, you will end up with shipwrecked faith. You'll end up leaving Jesus. Because the scriptures have ability to anchor us and bind us to him. And we don't like rules, we like individuality, and we like freedom. There's a lot of freedom in the scriptures, but the f- freedom that he calls us to there's a great place out of Galatians where it says it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Okay, so fun word picture. Paul's making a word play on a, on a Greco-Roman idea. When slaves were freed, the way they were freed is someone would go to the courthouse and purchase their freedom and they would get an emancipatory note that says for freedom. And they would hand their, their name and it would be handed to them and it literally said, it's been purchased for you for the purpose of freedom. You're now free. So Paul uses the word picture for the Galatians and says, what God did was went, paid the sin note, handed it to you, and said, that was for freedom. Now, here's what I want you to do with said freedom. No longer be subject to the yoke of slavery. You're crucified. All through this, the language is connected to giving all we have to God. And I see something that is dangerous in our day and age. Because we don't know the scriptures, we hear God say things he can't say. We hear God whispering things that are out of alignment with the word. And a people that don't know the scriptures will move into those things, treat them as if God spoke them when they don't align with the word of God. And it's the beginnings of heresy. And it's dangerous. So I'm standing before us saying, Come back to the root of the covenant and become a people that feast on the Word of God. Ingest it. Let it live in us. Let it dwell in us. Let it produce life in us. Learn to pray the Scriptures back to God. What do I mean? I mean, have a conversation with the Lord about His Word. Learn how to declare the things He's declared you did it this morning. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. That's just Bible. Behold, what manner of love the Father has given to us. He's called us sons and daughters because we really are. So learn to pray them as part of giving the scriptures government in our life, part of submitting to the authority of the word, is spending time in them learning to pray them back to God. Here's the big one have the discipline to be willing to repent when my life is different than the Scripture. If my attitudes, my behavior, my desires, my choices don't align with the Scriptures, then I repent. Period. If we ever find a place in us where we see what the Scriptures say and, what, and what's going on inside of me is, I don't really want to do that. I understand that. I feel that all the time. The reality is, that's where we decide who's, in, who's the boss. Is Jesus in charge, or am I in charge? Because if I'm in charge, I ignore the scriptures and do what I want. How many understand the term AWOL? Military term, meaning to leave your position, leave your rank, leave your file, and disconnect. It's actually a punishable crime in the United States. Could I suggest to us that an unwillingness to live a scriptural worldview is akin to going AWOL in the kingdom? I I am not here to be harsh. But I am here to say, Jesus seemed to regularly draw lines in the sand and say, this is really the kingdom and this is not. How about we live the kingdom? Last thing about giving the scriptures authority is learn to commit to a scriptural worldview. Which means I see the world through the lens of the scriptures. I don't see the scriptures through the lens of the world. It's a fundamental paradigm that we have to be willing to walk in what the scriptures teach, I will live. If I see it, I agree with it, but if the scriptures don't support it, I must be willing to change my view and my behavior. See, Paul will go on in this passage in 15 and say something about himself, and he says basically the grace that God gave him didn't go without, let me just read it right so I don't screw it up, Listen to this phrase. But whatever I am now, it is because God poured out a special favor on me and not without results. For I've worked harder than the other apostles. What a captivating phrase. It paints a picture of a man who encountered Jesus and said, From the moment I encountered him, I gave him everything I have. And I have committed myself. I've labored. I've worked because I wanted to bring him fame. And church, that is the heart we need to have. Become people that study the word. Become people that live the word. Have the humility to be willing to ask the question, does my life measure to the scripture? If it doesn't, will I repent? Probably not the most popular message I've ever taught. But it is a message that will save our soul. It is a message that will promote godliness in us. You say, I don't know how to study the scriptures. That's okay. I'll give you my formula. Proverbs subdivides really neatly. Read the Proverb for whatever calendar day it is. Why would I read Proverbs? Because the Bible says it'll make you smarter. Read the first two paragraphs of Proverbs. It, get, it promises you it'll make you smarter. Read the Psalms. You can read five of them a day. Go through the book of Psalms every month. Oh, it seems like a lot. No, not really. Go back to my gym analogy. How many of you ever connect, can, committed to an exercise program? Did not it not take time to get the results we were looking for? The kingdom, what Paul's stating to them, this whole idea of don't take your hand off the wheel, which is what they were doing, you cannot expect to take your hand off the wheel and have it work. There's a discipline that is part of the kingdom that we should love because it helps keep us in the path of God. And I want to invite us into, into discipline not as a negative word, as a life-giving word. I'm going to spend time with Jesus, studying the scriptures, hearing his voice, making sure my life aligns with what it says because I know that that is the path that he blesses. And I want to walk in the favor of God because I'm a child of God. And the child of God is intended to walk in the favor of God. Amen? Let's stand this morning. Holy Spirit, there is such a strong sense this morning of you refining and defining things. We feel it. Lord, I know we need it. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to remind us this week to settle into the Scriptures, to expand the Scriptures in front of us, to bring your conviction where it's necessary And begin to shape our worldview through your lens, God. Lord, I cry out for absolute truth to be established in this house. The truth of God to be released in this house. The wisdom of God to be released in this house. We love you, we honor you. Lord, this week as we celebrate a holiday, keep us safe, may your face shine upon us, bring us back together next week. We love you, Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys, have a great week. Thanks for listening. For great content, please visit us on the web at vintagecitychurch.com.